this action figure is he had all the desire and the nobility and the sincere interest in spirit. But the sense of its manifestation was set up that it had to be based on me doing something or having something. Yeah? I played a major role in the spirit manifesting in this life. In other words, in a sense, if you wanted to call that energy God, there was a bigger God playing, getting to that energy. And that bigger God was my mental process, selfing. Yeah? It was playing God with God, in a way. So, I was not going to, it's not like God was going to intrude on me. I had to get to know Him. So I would say, if my not wanting to know God is strong enough to keep that out of my reality, then I must be a bigger God than that God I'm seeking. Yeah? If I could make what's always so and everywhere not seem to be, I must be the bigger God than that God. And so the mind, the selfing, plays God in a way. It plays God and it makes it an object or an achievement or a goal that it will get. Yeah. All the while, all the activity, you think the light is on God, but it's actually on you. It's, it's like the sun is you and the moon is the idea of God. So you get a reflection of your self-obsession in that idea of God and you're moving towards God, but all the while the spotlight is on you as the one moving towards God. Yeah. <laughs> God is just like a, it's like Christian Bale in that movie, The Fighter. It's the supporting actor in this drama of you. Yeah. It's like the son is obsessed with me knowing God. Yeah. So the emphasis is on the me and the knowing, not God. Yeah. Because obviously, if there was a recognition of God, there'd be no knowing God. There wouldn't, you can't be a separate thing that could know God as a separate thing. It would just be knowing, yeah? Not knowing of any object, but a sense of knowing. And that's not something that an object can achieve. Yeah? So its idea of knowing is predicated on a format that's flawed. It makes everything it knows an object to it as the subject. That form of knowing is what's blinding us, really, to the condition that we are at all times. Because the way the mind knows things, it makes it something else, and then it wants to know it. And to know it, it believes it has to approach it through doing and having. Yeah? And the whole approaching it, and the whole acquiring it, and achieving it, isn't on what's being sought, but on the seeker. Yeah? When you realize you're not the seeker, it's all on what's sought. Yeah? And the nature of what sort is that it's always here at all times. The nature of the seeker is that whatever occurs here is going to probably be infrequent and it's going to be based on circumstances and situations. In other words, it's going to come and go quite a lot. Yeah? But if, if the sort is, play, is calling the shots, then the reality of the sort leaks into you, not the reality of the seeker trying to get the sort. Yeah? The seeker giving the sort its meaning, which is it's an object to me as the subject. That's why it's not sensed as always here at all times, because it just doesn't fit into the paradigm we're identified with. Yeah, We believe that we're always here at all times. So everything we're seeking can't have that same role, because maybe it would be looked at as more me than me. 
Yeah? So we don't want to recognize something that's always so at all times because it would negate the fact that we think we're always so at all times. It would shine in all those pauses and all those interruptions and all those moments where there's a real obvious absence of you. Yeah? That thing that's always so wouldn't be able to be papered over. Yeah? Those absences and those pauses. That ju- it's like a, just a continuum keeps on going. It's me. Even when there's the absence of you, the me claims it as an experience. Yeah? It covers its tracks, but if the light was shining at all times, everywhere, it would be unmanageable to the selfing. The selfing just could not deal with it. Yeah? The selfing could not make up enough excuses and rationalizations, and it couldn't claim it quick enough to sort of change it from an always there at all times to a something that I've gotten in contact based on what I did. It couldn't do it. Yeah? It, would be, it would be just brought to its mental knees in that allness. Yeah? It would be no way it could approach what's unapproachable. But if it makes it an object to it, then it can look like it's approaching it. Yeah, but never to be found. You'll have experiences of what you think you call it, but it's, it can never occupy you because you're preoccupied with self. Yeah. As soon as you're preoccupied with self, if that mind identifies or is just reflecting the idea of I'm a body all day, it can't be filled by what's always here at all times. It, all the way it can see it is I can drink of it. I, as a verb, can do that. I can drink of God, but you won't realize if you're totally saturated with it. You have to write yourself into the story as you had something to do with being saturated. Yeah. And what we really do is we have a lot to do with not being saturated. That's the key. Yeah. So we have a, a feigned wetness or dryness, and now we're, we're believing we're seeking wetness. But the feigned dryness protects our mind from ever being caught with its pants down. It's always going to have wetness as an experience, which just reaffirms the dryness. It's got it totally set up. It's not scared at all. It'll sit 12 hours a day meditating. Fuck. Stand on its head. It'll do 800 asanas. It'll do all that stuff. It's not worried at all about that. It's not worried about the spiritual life. One's bit. It's going to get really good food. Probably meet a babe to screw. You know, usually, like, I went to this place called Spirit Rock once. It's a med- and I used to call it you know, in Buddhism they call the middle way. I would say that's the upper middle way. It was much better in my house where they had me in. They had like eagle claw bathtubs, best food I've eaten. What did I have to do? Sit and not do anything. All right, sure. Act like I was really sincere, I guess. <laughs> Beautiful ground, streams running. Oh, this is really difficult. You know what I mean? Well, there's the ones that set up like a seven-day retreat and you live like a like a street dweller, but they always know they're going home on the eighth day. That's not living on the streets. Living on the streets is there's no home to go to. It's a cardboard box. That would maybe shake you up a little bit, but you can bear put up with anything as long as you think it's going to end, right? And then you get used to it, like a marathon runner. First you can just do three-day retreat, then ten days, then you become a pro. Three months, six months. Throw some tantra in there, some other things, make it a little bit interesting. You know, I was, <laughs> I 
I mean, this mind isn't scared at all with that. It's fucking it's lapping it up like, uh, that's easy as hell. <laughs> the thing is, is, is the, <laughs> the sense your own total irrelevance, so that's scary to it. Yeah. To feel an irrelevance, it has a real bad connotation to irrelevance. Yeah. And its desire not to go there is really like the bars in this pseudo-prism. Its desire not go to the irrelevance. Like I, I know some people who are going in and out of recovery, and everyone that sees them, they go, the only thing that's probably going to help you is like a long-term program, yeah? And they will not go there. And so they just get their ass kicked and ass kicked and ass kicked. And then they finally, after years, they come to that conclusion. I think they need a long-term program, and then they move in. And probably they'll come out sober now. Yeah? But the last thing that they wanted to do was exactly what was needed. You know? So the irrelevance of self is really when you're scratching, you've gotten through the veneer, you know, and you're scratching at its underbelly. Because it really wants to have some importance in your story. It wants to be the one that, if I didn't let go that night, I would never have known God. <laughs> so God's the secondary character, and you're still the fucking star. You don't need that selfing. That's the, that's the, bondage isn't something that happened, it's happening. It's a verb. There's no, no, we have never been bonded, never, ever. But there's a feeling of bondage occurring. Yeah? When there's the identification as a self, that's being bonded to the idea of being a self. Yes? So mind now thinks it's a body. That's a pretty big leap. Yeah? And it definitely has to think it's a body. It can't be a body. It has to think it's a body. So it has to believe in the system that's presenting its, it to be a body. And that's the system of self-centeredness, a mental process. It's captured the reflective ability of mind. So now it's all it's reflecting is you in relation to everything. Even the absence of you becomes a topic that you are involved in, yeah? You haven't seen that in epiphanies and stuff? You have a, like a big fugue or a big pause in one's life, you know, an epiphany where... Selfing gets interrupted and you're just in like a blissful all is one, you know, da, 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 state, there's no time. And yet, at one point, the mind rises and says, I'm, I just had this incredible epiphany. It claims it. You don't think, see that as a, that's not a one of a, one of a time up thing. It's doing that all day. It's actually claiming its own absence by mem remembering it. It's placing you somewhere else at some other time as a body and then fixating on it. And it brings you up. It conjures us up all day, doesn't it? If you didn't see your face right now, if you, had, if you didn't have a memory of what a face looked like, you wouldn't have a fucking clue what you were. And that's being what you are. It's not having a clue of what you are. It is actually being what you are. An unknowable, indescribable... Whatever, yeah? But the mind has seen itself. There seems to have been an experience, it thinks it remembers, of seeing itself in a mirror. And so it remembers you, even when it's not getting the, the immediate trance of the mirror, it's trancing itself out by memory, yeah? 
It remembers you. Just like what happens when you wake up in the morning. Sometimes as the first seconds or two, there's no you. It hasn't coagulated yet. But there's, as soon as you see the room, it's my room. And then you feel like my town, Sausalito, and my country, and this and that. And those are my boots, and da da da. And then through the claiming and the remembering, there you go. The action figure has now been enlivened, and then you're running around. And the meaning, the meaning, oh, it's like a giant tsunami of meaning given to your day. Anyone else's day, you could usually care less, but your day is supremely important. <laughs> it's supremely. It's worthy to, of going over again and again to see what I could have done better. It's just, a, it, it evokes an, an incredible, long-lasting fascination. Yeah? An event that happened maybe when you were six could be the pivot of all your mental stories. Yeah? That keeps your whole universe in place. And what, you want to see anger? Watch when that gets tape dropped out. <laughs> like someone said about an authoritarian system. You know what authoritarian systems mean? Well, like uh, people who are running the show and the people who are, being, who are being run really think they are great, the authoritarians. They like to be told what to do. And so... They will say, well, I'm not in an authoritarian system. Look at no one's knocking on my door with jackboots and anything like that. And the person just says, well, do something that bothers the authoritarian system. You'll see what happens. <laughs> do something that irritates them, and you'll see what happens. All your credit cards cut off in a second. Fucking your phone, your phone records are taken. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing could seemingly be benign, but when you when you when there's a question of its relevance, man, it bears its teeth. It's uncivilized, fucking primal instinct of survival teeth. Yeah. But it's like a, it's like a huffing and a puffing. It can't blow anything down. It's all of your own wind that's been freely given to it through identification. Yeah. So in that process of doing and having, maybe it'll work for like getting money here. Yeah, maybe it'll work for all right. I gotta go to the store, get my supplies, make dinner. But if a body is trying to become spiritual, maybe to other bodies that's a noble endeavor. Yes, but if you are spiritual, trying to become spiritual, right? If you are spirit, trying to become spirit, it's ridiculous. It's actually a reaffirming of the lie that you're not spirit. Yeah. So no matter how much you get good at having spiritual experiences and sort of mimicking what you believe is a spiritual quote-unquote person, the fact is there's, the inherent spirit is being denied in that identification as being spiritual. Yeah. The inherent spirit is being denied because you have a substitute the mind is giving you a replica of what it thinks spirit looks like. Yeah. Like another glove. And so we put it on the glove and it's like a puppet sock, yeah? yeah. So you ever see it? I remember when it first started happening with me. First you gotta get the whites, yeah. And you know, the patchouli oil or something and get that loving gaze, you know. So, uh, yes, I'd love to rip your fucking throat out now. Pass me the azuki beans or something, you know. Yes. 
And then, you, then the, instead of competition in the corporate corporate world or in the sport field, it'd be in the meditation hall. How who sat the longest? You always make sure you wait. Oh, I've got to beat that guy today. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, I'm still number one. <laughs> Spiritual Olympics, <laughs> but it's really, in a sense, maybe that spiritual life is the destiny of an action figure. But to have it totally uh, implode, then when it appears again, it'll have a new uh, spirit in it. Yeah, there'll be a mental relaxation. There won't all the see. Let's say here's my head, and my head is has spiritual conditioning, yeah? It thinks like it has a tendency to go towards the ecstatic life or the monkish life, you know? It sort of likes those books and the solitude, yeah? And it, put, it goes towards that. But the tricky thing is, if the head is act, in the act of being identified, yes, as this, then this, which is representing a system called self-centeredness, is giving everything that happens the meaning it has to us, yeah? So here... All right, meditation, quite nice thing. can be very helpful. You can chill out your high blood pressure, have your mind get a little more peaceful. Yes, let stuff come up that could go. Yet, but here's, if, if, the, if the system is in place, self-centeredness, that you are going to be the one who does and have the meditation, you'll start seeing the symptoms of that, where now meditation becomes more important than walking the dog or cleaning your house or seeing someone else or something else. And if you miss meditation, the interpretation of the day is that day's going to suck because I didn't get my meditation in. So all day you're trying to rush to get back to the pillow, let's say, to make up for that meditation. Yeah? You see how the, the, the idea of meditation now just becomes another bonding mechanism for the mind to be identified as a spiritual self. Yeah? You can see, and so if you have a noble idea about spirituality, it's the glue of that bonding agent is really strong because you think it's much superior than any other activity. You're more of like a, a spiritual elitist in a sense. I'm doing something really noble. Ah, you spending your time at you know Whole Foods talking. No, I'm going home and oh, yes, yeah. The meaning that's being given to it is unbelievable. So the iron chains, you may be able to recognize, you don't realize the gold chains that have you bonded to this idea. And if you miss a meditation, woo! You feel like missing a night's sleep. I don't have any spiritual, you know, I don't have yeah. spiritual, but it feels so good in the body. Like sleep, and if you miss a night's sleep, you don't, your body doesn't feel so good. Yes, yes. But, but you're advanced, honey. <laughs> you're an advanced master. I'm talking about this, the Cretan movement of self-centeredness, how it claims everything. You far went far beyond that by now. <laughs> yes. What was that? For sure. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I'm just trying to point out something to you because it hadn't been pointed out to me, and this is what happened with me in my pursuit of spirituality. I practiced a lot of stuff for a long time, and I didn't know all that practice was being neutered by this formation or template of how mind was, was 
approaching or relating to that activity. It was relating to that activity as the doer or the subject, and that there was going to be an object I was going to get at the end of that practice, or during that practice, that was going to give me as the subject an advantage. This is total dualism, total dualism, extreme dualism in, act, in action. How was, you know, so all this stuff, I had tons of spiritual experiences, you know, visions and this and that, whirling mandalas and all this and that, but nothing radically changed. Yeah. The same template was being put on every event. Exactly. And it's not the event, it's what's causing the event to be interpreted a certain way that has more influence than anything you ever do. Yeah? It's the feeling of who is it being done to or who is doing it. It's much more powerful than all the activities underneath the template. So when I heard this invitation, someone said, Hey, Paul, I was looking for another meditation technique, you know, super, super turbocharged Kundalini or something. Because I got sucked into demonstration near the end for me. If there was a real demonstration of juice happening, I thought that was the real deal. Yeah? I was, I was attracted to that, where people were going out in trances of the Kundalini. I said, that's it. That's, now this is really happening. And then I was with a, a woman in this cult I was in, this Course in Miracles cult. They didn't take themselves to the cult, but I think they uh, qualified. And she'd been there for five years, and she was like one of the biggest light junkies, they call her. She, this lady just went off, blissed out, just unbelievable juice coming off her. And I went out with her, and after five years of this, she said to me, Paul, you know, it doesn't mean a damn fucking thing. <laughs> and she saved me a whole lot of time, because I was very attracted to that stuff. And she says, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah, so, okay, thank you. <laughs> and so I was looking for another form of meditation, and then someone just asked me, well, why not look at who's the meditator, Paul? Why not look that way? Yeah. Maybe there's a fundamental uh, modality in place before anything's ever done or not done that's actually the major influence on your life. Not what you do or don't do, but who's doing it or who's not doing it. Maybe that's much more dominant as an influence than anything you do. Yeah. So I saw I, my attention with this little invitation went this way, in a way. And I started to, like this, yeah. Because, see, what happens is, if this is taken to be you, yeah, this, yeah, when you look out, yeah, if this is a dualistic construct, then every moving out is a moving another way, yeah? Negative, positive, up and down, yes? So if your attention is moving out a lot in life, there's an aspect of it that moves the other way. Yeah? If your attention, your attention just doesn't flow one way. Nothing flows one way. There's no one-sided coin here. There's no one and that's all. Yeah? So if your attention is going out, there's also a movement going, if you want to call it in. Yeah? Now, what occurs is, if you're identified as this, what the attention hits is this as you. Yeah? It takes this, the mental process presents you as, hey, I'm a long-lasting independent separate entity, I'm this, and the body represents that. I may be emotional and energetic and mental, but really the body locks it all in place. Yeah? So here's my attention going out to Mary and Deb, and everything in this room. I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? Seeing thoughts. And yet, 
also it goes this way. This is the loop of self-importance, because all the attention hits all these different objects, yes? Has contact, but then when it's brought back, this, this line that could go, goes to one point, this point. And so all of it gets brought back to you. And you're the seer, you're the hearer, you're the feeler, you're the taster. Not the you that's infinitely spacious, but you as a body. Yeah? So it's almost like a two-sided mirror. One mirror is reflecting everything, yeah? One side of the mirror is reflecting everything like this. Seeing everything, this and that. And there's another ability to reflect infinity, let's say. Yes? Spaciousness, no-thingness. But this, this side... Yeah? has been painted over, and your little happy face has been put there. So every time your attention comes back from its little foraging in the world, it comes back to what? You! Yeah? You as this! So this energy whoosh, comes back and just gets stuck into this vortex of self-obsession. And then you, then there's a suffering Built, you know, this produces an exquisite suffering, yeah? Because you not only suffer now, you, suff you suffer a preemptive suffering of there, and then a regretful, resentful, or nostalgic suffering of then, yeah? <laughs> and it just circulates, circulates, circulates. So now everything's going out still, yeah? Meeting, meeting, meeting. But then it's all hitting you, yeah? And almost like a, a like a, a bloodhound, whatever it take, whatever this system is taking to be itself, that's where the attention goes. So boom. Now, what would happen if you entertained? I'm not that funny face, yeah. I'm not that representative, the physical aspect of Paul being what I am. That would be the opaqueness, which is just an appearance, would drop, and then the attention would go this way. So as you were living. You'd be living like this, yeah? Instead of living like this, where everything gets caught in this loop. Everything, how it pertains to me, how it pertains to me, how it pertains to me, how all these thoughts pertain to me, pertain to me. It would go, it would go through, yeah? And I don't know where, I don't think it has any uh, limited orbit. It just goes into infinity. It just goes into space. And that attention... Almost as if it goes somewhere and it brings rain, and then that rain drops on you here. Yeah? If the effects of looking into infinity have an influence on how this travels. Yeah? It brings it a water it can't get with all this fucking watering of self-attention on me. You're dry as hell. This, into infinity, brings you an incredible refreshing amount of Water, something drops in you. You get influence and it shows. You start traveling lighter. The emphasis on time becomes less because you realize that's just a mental realm. Yeah? It affords the mind in selfing, when it identifies you as a body, it affords it to be able to fixate it somewhere else at some other time. So when this system thinks about me, in the past it thinks about me as a body. Maybe a smaller body when I was a kid, but it's still a body called Paul, yeah? And when it's worrying about me, it worries about me as a body. So it projects a, some, this body somewhere else at some other time. And it has millions of somewhere else's at some other times. 
So it's fixation. It's like an addict that never runs out of the drug. It just has more and more. It makes more and more of it up. It can think more and more about you. Yeah. It's like never-ending. It's like the dealer and the addict. It's like where it's being made, the middleman, there's no middleman, you just play a role. All right, let me think of what's going to happen to me. <laughs> Who knows? Thousands of things can happen to me. You have, in, we say this all the time, in what's not happening, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Whatever your mind can entertain, it can entertain it happening to you. Against all evidence it's not happening to you now, it doesn't fucking matter at all. This makes no impression on its activity. But you could be destitute next week. It's possible. You could be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fixation, fixation, fixation. Oh, let me go back to a time when I wasn't destitute. Yeah, yeah. So the mind, the, the system of thought, it needs an object to think about. Voila. And then when it has an object, it can project this object in its realm, which is past or future, anywhere it wants to. Yeah? And once it's placed in a certain situation, it can obsess over it. There's thinking of it, yes? A lots of thinking of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a, in the body, in the body, there's an ability to incense a pending doom. It, yes? A fear. Just like when we watched that dog tonight, it knew the light was going to change before the owner did. There's a sense, body-like intelligence, Yes? The mind, through mental anxiety, affects the body's impending, that fear. The ability for the body to have fear, you know? Like when you get the sense, oh, this is scary. That's an activity of the body. The head in selfing produces that effect with mental anxiety. It's freaking mind-boggling. When the body is stored maybe for 20 times in its life to really have a situation where the adrenaline opens up and floods you, the mind's now producing that 20 times a day, 50 times a day. It's like it's totally short-circuited the system. We're fucked. And the neuroses that are being produced with the mind just circulating over a very finite object to have this whole mind circulating around this tiny little point is flipping everything out. People are getting weird. <laughs> The mind can come up with some weird shit. It's ill. It's mentally ill. Can you imagine if you took all this energy and put it on one point? You think it would really spotlight that point and it would be the greatest thing for that point, but it's actually the worst thing to point. It's just too much attention. The attention's meant to be distributed, yes? Think of others. We do that in recovery. You get out of yourself and you feel much better. Because what happens is some of the attention that's locked in you gets put on someone else for maybe a half an hour. And you go, Whoosh. and yet it still doesn't make the connection. Oh, I feel so much better when I'm out of self. Yeah. But it knows that. And so when the, when the out of self is over, it will claim, oh, I was out of self for that half hour. I think I'll do some more of that service. It's an incredible, it reinvigorates itself, the system, yeah? But if I'm not the center of it, it affects the whole system. That's what I love about this message, because I am not the center of it. It's a false sun, yes? 
and all the reflection from the moon is false. It's a false sun. When that drops out, the system will take on its own look. You know, you'll find out. But I'll tell you, I, you know, my feeling is there'll be an extreme loss in the activity of selfing. Your interest and attention, instead of wedded to that dead bride or groom, starts going to a living consort, you know. It starts living, starts having connection and spawns. Instead of screwing a dead uh, partner, fuck, you think you're in contact and having relations, but it's all just self-importance. You're never seeing the other person. You're seeing the person as you, which is you are more important. Yeah, it's like fucking a dead person all day. I'm having a lot of contact here. Yeah, yeah, with yourself. Yeah, so. I like this approach because this is what worked. All the descriptions of the ocean didn't work for me because I was still identified as a wave. And the only, in that system of identification, the only way I could approach the ocean as an experience. I couldn't get that I wasn't because I already thought I was something else. Yeah? And until that was addressed, it was always going to be a separation. It was always going to be two instead of none. Yeah? It was always going to be two. The one of the two would be taking itself as the one, <laughs> but it's just one of two. Yeah? Then when I looked that way, I started entertaining it, things started radically to shift. I lost total interest in things radically shifting, and that was one of the biggest shifts. I, the, the desire to transcend this place was dismissed. I could care less be ever leaving here because I've never been here. <laughs> it pisses me off and does everything, but none of that is me. It's just activities of mind. Like rubbing against something. A mind rubbing against manifestation. It's going to create sparks. But you're not the one. Yes, that's the good news. And you can try to find yourself. You'll never find one. I don't believe. Try. I mean, my mom, the first time I heard this message, I was sitting listening to this lady. And then she said something, and I was like, my camera, which had been set on selfing for quite a while, just went, <laughs> I said, Jesus Christ, I raised my hand, I said, you know what just happened? I thought I was in this position of seeing mental conditions, but I thought I was, I was the, the, the infinite condition, seeing the mental condition. Now I just realized it was a mental condition seeing a mental condition. And no matter how far I'm going back when I believe I'm seeing something, that's a mental condition. And it's, there's never going to be a point where I'm on the other side of the fence. When content leave, is never going to leave context as content. Yeah? I'm never going to be able to leave the content and, be, and then look at it from the context. <laughs> so there is no authentic self. <laughs> that whole thing. It can happen once, or maybe you have to go through 30 repetitions. But the principles in every event, when, you, when it's seen that, that there is no authentic self, maybe you'll take ten times seeing that to convince the mind. It could take one time. But does it, sooner or later, it will be convinced there is no authentic self. There is no one yeah, that anything's happening to.
it translates here, the traveling land of of the disease. I don't believe it's obsession with self. I believe that's what a mind identified as self does. It obsesses over it. That's how it keeps the that's how it keeps remembering it, yes, by fixating on it. The fixation produces the thing that's being fixated on, yeah? Vice versa, it's like a symbiotic relationship. So the identif- the obsession has to happen because it's, it's like applying a glue to produce a bonding. Yeah? A bonding of no thing to thing, which is an incredible bonding event. If it actually could happen, it would be unbelievable. Yeah? So for that to seem to occur, there's got to be a lot of application of a lot of glue, which is the thought system, yeah? the narration that life is me. I'm the one who has all these opinions and this and that. And I have dreams, and they've, been splat- they've just been smashed on the rocky shore of destiny. And now I just long for my home, somewhere far, far from here. I just can't find the door. Will you please show me? Then I'll hate you when you try. <laughs> Every savior gets crucified, usually. <laughs> gets his best rest here. No, I'm meditating. Oh, you are? <laughs> 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 yeah, the waking up. You talked at the beginning about waking up. I mean, that's <coughs> the worst time for me. Oh, in the morning. Yeah, whether it is selfing stuff or dealing with the things that I need to deal with during the day. And, and there is first in recovery was that, because when I woke up, I thought I was still underneath that managerial team of selfing, so I had gotten my ass kicked following its lead, so it took me a few minutes to get over that anxiety, and then I remembered I was in recovery, and then, you know, a law firm of Hedeman, Hedeman, and Hedeman wasn't running the show anymore, and so... And he started coming over me, and more and more I entertained things, the less and less that anxiety occurred. Now, at times, when you wake up, there is a very clear moment or two that you're not there. The appearance hasn't... It doesn't usually coincide exactly when you wake up. It's a little late. So you can have a real sense of the absence of you in the morning. That's why Ramana Maharshi used to say this great master, he says... Just before you go to sleep and when you just wake up, there's, there's like this sort of twilight, this sort of another time where the selfing hasn't totally kicked in and you're there before it shows up. Just like in a pause, yeah, you stop seemingly, but something continues. I would say that's what we are, it's what continues. How can we be what, what stops and still be there? 
And once that little bit of mistake is corrected, once you see that you're not this, it's like calling off the dogs, really. Your interest and attention gets brought back. Yeah? All the little pieces of remembered fabrics you've been letting the dog sniff or run after all day. There's no more of that. And then the dogs just start having fun, rolling around. Maybe you walk by, you see a beautiful flower, or you see a crack, and you go, wow. Or you look up, and there's a shooting star sometimes. Just weird things start calibrating, yeah? And you, uh, it's just amazing. You're, so because your attention isn't arrested yet, it's, it's alert, it's waiting, yeah? And things arise, and it goes to it. But usually, it's arrested already. Because it's you who's attending. Yeah? You who's attending just limit and it becomes tunnel vision with your attention. And that attention's there to serve the, the mental process of selfing, really. Yeah? But when it's not bonded to that process, the attention is like free ranging. Yeah? You're alert and you're almost like a 360 degree swivel. You're not tunnel vision. You can actually check things out. And then receive incredible downloads, really, of information. And they go by the shoot of claiming it. They just come in. And uh, it's almost as if what would usually go into your system of thought gets hijacked into another shoot and goes somewhere else, gets regurgitated, redigested, revised, and then it downloads. And you see, Jesus Christ... <laughs> it's like, it's totally different than how the information was being interpreted from selfing. It goes by selfing and gets interpreted from I don't know what, and then downloads, and then you're like, whoa. It's like Panavision instead of tunnel vision. Yeah? And then you go, why wouldn't you want to rely on that? If you think there's someone to rely on something. And you're really pared down. You don't have tons of wisdom. You just know what you need to know now. You know, or if you're in this position, stuff comes through just to invite others. I don't own any of this. I don't even. I've never prepared for a talk in my life. I just come here, and then the shoots open, and then something comes out. Or usually, so maybe it doesn't. But I always sense the presence of uh, what's intimated. Yeah. And after a while, it's just so obvious that it's not a stretch anymore. The stretch is taking yourself to be this. This is yeoman's work. <laughs> it really is. It's so much energy to have everything pertain to you, you know? Fuck, incredible. All the weight that comes your way. It's like the mind can't be convinced of its own flesh and blood, so it has to make every pound of flesh weigh like 20 pounds of flesh. Everything's got to be soaked with meaning. What's, what is this going to mean to me? <laughs> I must do something about this. Well, just look at how you are now. <laughs> Not now, but before you came in here, that's what it's going to be like. <laughs> You'll get so bored of knowing what's going to happen, you won't want, you want anything to happen anymore. You'll end up in a state of fuck it. Yeah. That's what the mind likes to bring us to. Because when you get to the point of fuck it, it gives you its solutions. 
and it will override any wisdom. It will give the solution to an alcoholic to cop some drugs or drink. And usually it will override all the wisdom contrary to that activity. I never went out on the truth. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's always the false evidence of hearing you. But see, in this world, truth is seemingly so. It appears to be true or false to you. You play a big role in what's true. Yeah? There is a truth there. No, there isn't the truth. That would mean it's like an object. There's no the truth. There's no objects. There's just verbs. And then there's conceptual verbing that imply an object. Yeah? So I see you as an object. Are you an object? I don't believe so. But there's an appearance of a body, and I, I identify that body with Deb. Yeah. So when I see Deb as that you, I forget that I'm a you to her, and I take it to be me. <laughs> so I'm taking an object, which is that, yeah, that's here, as me. <laughs> You see, yeah. I'm just another you. There's like ten yous in here, but every one of us is also ten me's. <laughs> it's like it's like that Indian thing. It's actually <laughs> there's one eye, ten me's, and ten yous. Yeah. So there's one eye and ten yous. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then the ten me's. Whoa, that's a real bit of identification or interpretation. Yeah. So in the act, there's a you. I'm seeing an object, and I'm calling it you. I'm seeing seemingly from this object, but I call this one me. <laughs> if I recognize this is a you, just like that is a you, that would be the eye. Yes, the eye of spirit. That would be clarity. But this eye is taken by my head to be a me. <laughs> which is a you. <laughs> it's just a body identified as my body. <laughs> and that creates the system called self-centeredness. Yeah. This becomes the center and the system does its thing. Presents everything according to you. Whew, it's a lot of work, man. Isn't it boring as hell if you hear someone else talk about themselves? You've been listening to that thing talk about you, and it's so incredibly novel. I love it. Oh, I'm so fascinated. What's, what's going to happen to Paul today? <laughs> Someone else comes over, you're bored with it in a minute. Why is that? Because it's not about you. It is about a you, but you call it me. <laughs> what is that? What? what is that? What is what? Because it's you. That's right. It's called in Buddhism they call it cherishing of self. It's fascinated with this object. It's fascinated with it. It's like it's like a little bauble. It's t by giving it so much attention, it's trying to make it a diamond. Yeah, it's just fascinated with it. How many ways can I think of this, <laughs> this object? Let's add time, past and future. Now I can think about it in the light of a past that's made up, and in an infinite future, I can think about it. Oh, I can do what I want all the fucking day. Think about it. 
<laughs> what would happen if you took the object out? The system would have no object to fixate on, yes? It's not fixating on you at all. It's fixating on you as a body. When it thinks about you, it thinks about you as a body. It can't present you any other way in the system. You have never been in the past, nor have you ever been in the future. The only way it can seem to appear to be real is to a you. The mind present, projects you back there, somewhere else at some other time, and it thinks about you. Yeah? Do you think it's thinking about you? It's the thinking, that selfing is its drive. It's just like seeking. Seeking never wants to find. It's just seeking. Selfing's just selfing. It has really nothing to do with the object. It's the activity of selfing, selfing, selfing. This is just its premise. This is me, so let's think about me. Because it can't think about you as a spirit. How can you think about no thing? How can you? All you can think about no thing is conceptually. Which are things, yeah? They're mental things, concepts. We can't touch no thing with our head. We can't present it in a good light. We can just neuter it and make it an idea or an object. I want to. I want to have. I want to find my spiritual condition, like it's a little, like a tumor inside somewhere. Your spiritual condition is a verb. Yeah? It's not a state. You're not in a state. You're in flux constantly. You're not in it. All thing, it's all fluxing. Yeah? So in a weird way, uncertainty is security. I don't know is the real true form of truly knowing. Because to me, true knowing is finding out. That's true knowing. Knowing is baloney. But true knowing is finding out. So in the state of I don't know, you're open to finding out. If you know, you've already precluded something. You already think you know something, which makes so, if you take nothing and you think you know it, it's a something. It's made into a something, yeah? As soon as you apply the system of knowing this head represents, it takes, it makes nothing into a something. So I'm going to get nothing now. I'm going to realize no self. What the hell, how's that going to possibly happen? There's no you to ever be there to have a realization of its absence. It's just its absence is, is, is the way of traveling, yeah? To maybe a big degree or a little degree. But the way of being absent, recognizing the absence of self to a large degree, that's a really nice way of going here. A small degree, you'll travel lighter. It won't, it's no promises, the terrain of your life, you know, the situations that you're going to run into as this action figure, it has no promise those will change, but you'll travel lighter through all of them. Whatever degree it goes, if it's a real absence of self, fucking far out, yes? If it's at least a tiny little, it's like those, uh, the earthquake, yeah? One little degree is like a hundred times more, so like eight, nine, and nine, 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 uh, whatever, quake is ten times bigger than an 8.9 quake. So little degrees of absence of self produce a huge effect in one's life. And considering it's a subjective experience, who knows how well you are doing? No one can gauge the traveling. They can, they can tell you where the signposts are, how much you have, how much you've lost, but they don't know how it was traveled through. There's no gauge for that. Yeah? That's just that. That's the experience here. 
The experience here is traveling. I found it produces a lot of light traveling when the absence of self gets emphasized instead of the presence of self being emphasized, which is the reliance on this system. All it does is emphasize the pseudo-presence of a self all fucking day. Even when it's confronted with its own absence, it makes it a spiritual object it's going to entertain. But the, when, when the absence of self is entertained, then you sense a presence that can't be construed as a self. <laughs> There's no fucking way. The mind cannot do it. It can't take that presence and make it into a self. So it's very, very clear. It has to take this to be present to make that seem absent. But when that's present, this cannot appear to be present. Yeah? No fucking way. So. Hallelujah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, this has an immediate result, an immediate reaction. You don't have to wait till next week's intensive. Yeah. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's just... I have total confidence in mind as mind. It's just in like a yogic posture of selfing that's causing it to take, receive everything like this. <laughs> when the message is this. Oh, so when this receives the message, it just takes it in as this. No. Yeah, the message is this. There's no way you can receive it as this. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> You got the shirt on already. There you go, bro. I like that. Quickly. Any questions tonight?